98.1 FM. Jones and Chase Phillips with you for another episode of the Preferred Walk-Ons as it is the first official weekend of college football is upon us and we will have a full breakdown of Mizzou and the rest of the college football world this hour. We're going to start in a few minutes just with our general Mizzou-Wyoming preview and our Mizzou season preview. Then we will get into all the top 25 games of the weekend before, and then at 4.30, we had the pleasure of talking earlier this morning with Davis Potter, who covers Wyoming out in Laramie, and we will play that interview for you about 4.30. And then Garrett is bringing back one of his favorite games, Name That Fight Song, which we will play a little bit later in the show, as Chase and I will try to see what fight song is what. And uh, Chase, we will start with a Mizzou-Wyoming preview as Mizzou heads to Laramie for a rare non-conference West Coast game, like well, it's technically Mountain Time, out in Laramie tomorrow. That game is going to be live here on KCOU at 6.30, presented by El Rancho. You can hear the pregame show starting at 5.30, presented by El Rancho. Joey Miller and Grayson Rainey will be on the call for that one. And Mizzou is taking on Wyoming, a team they played last year and beat pretty easily, but it's a different-look Wyoming team this year. Yeah, and as we talked, you know, with Davis Potter this morning, he, he even said that, that it was a different-looking Wyoming team and that, you know, I thought last year Missouri's offense had a little bit of problems with that Wyoming defense. And, you know, this year I think that's going to be a little more, a uh, little less of a factor, excuse me. I, I don't think the Wyoming defense will be as strong. Um, still could be interesting, though. It's an, it's a new offense. We're not used to having, you know, Drew Locke back there. It's going to be a Kelly Bryant-led offense. I think you're going to see a lot of different things um, in the offense. I think you're going to see a lot of quick hitter, a lot of quick hitters, a lot of quick passes. Get the ball out of his hands early. Just try to get him in a rhythm. Well, I think something interesting to consider here is, in case you don't know, it's on the road. It's in Wyoming, right. and a lot of it has been made with the elevation over seven thousand feet of disparity between Columbia and Laramie. It's pretty fascinating in and of itself. The coaches are pretty convinced that it won't really have an impact on the game, but I still. I foresee a very sluggish start out of the gates for Missouri simply just because you're opening up a season on the road. College football is a weird thing. You don't get a preseason. You don't get an opportunity to get a true dress rehearsal at the collegiate level. And I think because of that, Missouri is going to look a little sluggish out the gate. Maybe not as sluggish as they were week two last year when they started up three to nothing after one quarter against these same Cowboys. But I think something at least to that degree. Yeah, I believe it is the highest elevation in terms of any stadium, I think, in the FBS. And it's kind of just a weird stadium. It's only about 29 
thousand seats, I think, which is pretty small in terms of the, the major college football teams in terms of their stadiums. I know, I think they already said Mizzou sold out their allotment of over 1,700. Laramie's only a couple hours from Denver where a lot of Mizzou alums are. But, yeah, it's just kind of a, a funky place to go play. They're, they've actually hosted a lot of, of Power 5 teams over the year there. I know Texas has played there, Nebraska, Oregon, I think was it two years ago, Washington yeah. State last year. Mm-hmm. So it's not uncommon for teams of the Power Five to go play at Wyoming. I think they're a pretty well-respected Mountain West team, but it is just a little bit different from what you normally see to start the year. And, you know, this is a Mizzou team, as we mentioned, Garrett, has a different quarterback in Kelly Bryant, but he has a lot of experience from his days at Clemson. You talk about Larry Roundtree running back, a lot of the receivers they have, three guys back on the offensive line. You know, a lot of starters are back. Probably defensive line is, is the biggest question mark right now. Just some new guys, some new faces, some younger guys having to play there. But really, for the most part, this is a Mizzou team that has a number of guys with a fair amount of experience. You know, Tucker McCann's been the kicker for a couple years now. He's also going to be punting, which he hasn't done in his collegiate career. But you know, this is a team that brings a lot of familiar faces back. And, you know, frankly, I don't think anybody expects this game to be that much of a challenge. But as you said, Garrett, you never kind of know with the first game of the season. Yeah, and, and you know, Garrett talked about that sluggish start, and I think you look at Florida-Miami, I mean, th- no offense, that was honestly kind of an ugly game to watch. It looked like, as you said, Ben, we talked about it, like two teams who haven't played college football in about 180, 190 days. And I think the first, you know, the first 10, 15 minutes will probably be like that in most college football games. It's going to take a while to get your rhythm back. You know, and, and like you said, Ben, I think this team, it, it looks a lot like last year's team. There's a lot of depth everywhere. There's a lot of good receivers. Running back play will also be huge. I think quarterback play is still going to be solid as well with Kelly Bryan coming over, as you mentioned. I think the biggest question mark is still the defensive back. I, you know, I still think the secondary is somewhere that, you know, there's still question marks. You know, DeMarcus AC re- returns as a senior. I think he was an all-conference pick um, preseason as well. Christian Holmes is a good corner. Um, been talk, been hearing a lot of Jarvis Ware, how he's been playing really, really well lately as well. I think those three will be interchanging a lot. But still on the back end between safeties, you know, they've got a lot of physical safeties, but they don't have a lot of safeties who can go make plays on the ball. And I still, still think that's something that they're missing this year. Yeah, and this would not be new to see Missouri get burned in the secondary no. in a season opener. You go back to horror flashbacks to two years ago in 2017. All I can picture from that game is just Missouri statewide receivers flying by the Missouri secondary. I think a lot of Mizzou fans are with me in that. That game, the Tigers ended up winning 72-43. to 43. I don't think we'll see any kind of a, a game resembling that I tomorrow. Sure but I still think that the secondary has been the biggest issue in season openers for these te- for this team the past couple of years. I'd agree well, with you there, I, Chase. I, I think also, too, some of it's not even necessarily the – I mean, it is the secondary, but when you don't get enough of a pass rush, Missouri didn't have a lot of a pass – didn't have many pass rushers last year, and – We'll see if that changes this year, but when you don't rush the passer and your secondary has to stay out there longer, then it can really expose your secondary. It doesn't always mean that, right? Georgia had the fewest sacks in the SEC last year. They had 20 sacks, and they were fine in the secondary for the most part. They also had, you know, DeAndre Baker. So if you have good enough players back there, you can make up for that Mm -hmm. a little bit. I think one of the other big questions is going to be, you know, Kelly Bryant is not the passer that Drew Locke was. I think some people maybe took for granted just the arm strength and the ability of the, some of the throws Drew Locke can make. This is going to be, I think, more of a run-oriented offense this year. We'll see. But I think that's going to be a little bit different from years past when maybe the run was mixed in as an option when, you know, really the focus was on throwing the football, where this year it may be kind of the opposite where the passes are mixed in where the focus is going to be more on running the football. 
I, we'll see. I, I We don't know. Again, that's kind of the beauty and the interesting part about college football is every year is a little bit different, especially when you change quarterbacks. We don't know. And as you'll hear with our interview coming up with Davis Potter later, it's the same thing with Wyoming. Sean Chambers, their quarterback, in four starts last year, I think four games, three starts, only threw 25 passes. So they're wondering a lot of the same thing with their offense. Well, and Kelly Bryant's not a slouch when it comes to throwing football. But as you mentioned, Ben, he doesn't have the arm strength and probably doesn't have the decision-making skills that Drew Locke ended up having in Derek Dooley's system last year. I I think you're very right. I think it will be more of a run-oriented team. I don't think you're going to see that up-tempo, run-and-gun, 40 points a night from Missouri this year. I think it's going to be a more controlled offense. I think they're going to keep that offense out there longer in the field, just run and milk that clock down and protect that defense. That's what I expect in the first game and the first couple games at least. Right. It's so cheesy. You hear it with every NFL draft analyst when a quarterback has an especially good arm. We heard it a lot about Drew Locke. Oh, he can make every single throw in the book. Well, Kelly Bryant can't make every single throw in the book, but that's not necessarily a drawback because he's very smart. We have to remember that this is a fifth-year player. And I think the way that he's going to run this offense, I think he's going to be really selective with his throws. And I think that bodes really well for Missouri's receiving core. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting schedule when you look at the season as a whole, right? You have this first game at Wyoming, and then you have five straight home games, and then you have three straight on the road at Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and at Georgia. And then you come home to play Florida and Tennessee before finishing off in Little Rock against Arkansas. But you have those five home games against West Virginia, Southeast Missouri, South Carolina, uh, Troy and Ole Miss, and I, I think there's a you know there's some people that say they should start eight. No, I don't know if that's you know really realistic, but I think when you look at the season as a whole, you know regardless of whatever happens with the NCA and and, and the bowl ban, you you probably have to at least win eight games, right? Maybe nine. You know if you're winning ten or eleven, then that's a really good season. But if you win anything less than eight. I think that's tough, not just because, you know, there could be other years when you would say, you know, a team like this winning seven games would be a good season. But with the schedule, at least the way it presents itself right now and things can change, it looks like a team that should probably be able to win at least eight games considering who they have on their schedule and who they play at home and who versus they play on the road. Well, I think, you know, we talked about this last week. I think this is the most friendly Mizzou schedule is going to be in a, for a while. You, you know, you, you draw from the West. The last three years you've drawn from the West, you've drawn Alabama, Auburn, and LSU were your three West draws. You know, this year you get an old Miss team who loses A.J. Brown, loses D.K. Metcalf. I believe Jordan Tayamu's gone as well. You lose that high-powered offense and a defense that wasn't very good. And I, I think you said it right, Ben. If they don't win eight games, there is a problem. <laughs> and and I, I think everybody on this team, and I think everybody on this coaching staff feels the same way too. Yeah, and if you even win nine games, that's a technical improvement over last year in a season when you went eight and five. So I think Missouri fans should set the expectations right there, nine and three. And if the team overachieves, then great. Do they have the capability to go 11 and one? Absolutely. However, I still think because of what we've seen in the staff under this coaching staff, what we've seen in recent years from Missouri when it comes to expectations, it's just best to keep things at the nine win mark this year. Well, yeah, and you talk about, too, not only the West with Ole Miss, but Arkansas you play every year is clearly probably, well, you can make an argument for Ole Miss, too, but Arkansas is probably the worst team in the West by a significant margin. Right. And then you add in, too, you know, you really only have one game where you feel like they're going to be a heavy underdog, and that's against Georgia at Georgia. Maybe Florida. Maybe maybe Florida, but maybe that game, South, is, at home, that game so. is at home, maybe South Carolina, maybe Kentucky. You know, you can look at all three of those games and say, so could they lose those? Certainly. Maybe even Tennessee if you want to throw that game in the mix as well. But you know, they should not be significant underdogs in, in that game. And that those none of those are games that you should say, oh, yeah, for sure, they're probably going to lose that game. I think the Georgia's the only one on the schedule this year that presents itself that way. 
Um, so yeah, you know, it's I think it's going to be an interesting year, right? And you know, if they find out that their bull band's not overturned and they don't have a postseason to play for, you know, what's that going to be, you know, mean like for those guys? Is it going to rally them and are they going to feel motivated or are you going to have a bit of a letdown and it's going to feel a little bit like what are we playing for? You, we just don't know the answer to that. And I think, you know, I think the schedule sets up nicely for them, but we still have to see more. Again, when when you ever have a quarterback, I know he's not you know, brand new, but a quarterback that hasn't run an offense with this team, you just don't quite know what to expect until you see it out on the field, which we will for the first time tomorrow night. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some of the big college football games this weekend as we have a some intri- intriguing matchups both tonight and tomorrow across the college football world, and we'll briefly talk about the first NFL matchup coming up next Thursday night as the NFL season is getting set to kick off as well. You're listening to Preferred Walk-Ons here on KCOU. Get to bed last night On the way to paperback was on my Sundays at 9 a.m., it's the weekly walkthrough. Tune in to KCOU 88.1 FM to hear Ethan Psalm and Nick Catlin recap everything that happened in the world of sports this week. Start your Sunday off right with the weekly walkthrough. Follow us on Twitter at Weekly Walk KCOU for updates on the show. And remember to tune in to KCOU 88.1 at 9 a.m. on Sundays. Whether it be t-shirts for your charity event or jerseys for your intramural team, one-to-one print shop can handle your custom apparel needs. If you need inspiration crafting a design, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram at one-to-one print shop to check out some of their latest work. You can also visit their website at one-to-oneprintshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. Culture. KCOU Society, KCOU, you, me, togetherness, equality, eternity, KCOU, deep space, travel and leisure, KCOU, magazine subscription, ends eventually, just as all of us KCOU 88.1 FM, Columbia, Missouri. Looking to up your style with the changing season? Need a quick costume rental or just want to give some dope old clothes a new life? Check out Mod Vintage downtown for the best trend vintage around. We'll also pay cash for your retro wares if they no longer spark joy. Just go on down to Mod V at 818 East Broadway because life's too short to be basic. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. Welcome back to the Preferred Walk-Ons here on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCOU.FM, the Blue Box. Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones with you on this Friday afternoon. As it is the first weekend of college football, there were some intriguing games last night as there was an interesting slate. 
most notably, the defending champion Clemson Tigers rolled in their first ACC game over Georgia Tech, 52-14. to And Utah knocked off BYU to win, I think, their eighth straight game in that rivalry. They won the game at BYU 30-12. to Wasn't much of a game. Did you see Tyler Huntley's post-game press conference? No. After that? It was so funny. They're like, they're like, yeah, you guys win again. You know, do you, do you think BYU is a, t- a tough competitor all this and that? And he goes, we ain't never going to lose them. They so poo-poo is literally <laughs> what he said in a post-game press conference. Eloquent. I was just, uh, that That rivalry, the name of that rivalry series is so cool. Do you know what it is? The Holy War. That is so perfect for them. Yeah, the poor BYU fans were so fired up, and they lost again. Yeah. <laughs> he seemed to lose. And an interesting note I read today, actually, that Kyle Whittingham, the Utah coach, is a BYU alum. And back, I think wow. it was 2005, he had the choice between the jobs, and he took Utah. <laughs> and now Utah never loses to BYU. So that's just kind of an interesting note. But anyway, tonight there are a couple ranked teams in action. Number 18, Michigan State hosts Tulsa. And then kind of an interesting one, number 19, Wisconsin, is on the road at South Florida. And then, really, tomorrow, I don't know if you'd say this weekend has some of the really good matchups that we've seen on opening weekend in the past. I think by far probably the best game is number 16, Auburn, hosting number 11, Oregon. Only ranked on ranked game. Yeah, only ranked on ranked game. But there are other interesting games. Uh, Number 25, Stanford, is hosting uh, Northwestern. You look at some of the other games across the, the, the slate. Number three, Georgia on the road in an SEC opener at Vanderbilt. And then on Sunday night, number four, Oklahoma hosting Houston. And Monday night, number nine, Notre Dame is at Louisville. So I think there are some intriguing games, whether we see any really good games or upsets this weekend, I don't know. But are there any specific ones that you all have your eye on as, hey, maybe like that could be a really, really good game? Well, don't overlook Tulsa, Michigan State tonight, honestly, because this time last year, Michigan State hosted Utah State, who ended up going 11-2, one of the best teams in the Mountain West, and nearly lost that game in East Lansing. Keep an eye on Michigan State once again playing the Friday night opener. I think that just is very conducive for a strange environment and weird games when you play college football games on nights other than Saturday. Weird things happen, so keep an eye on that one for sure tonight. Yeah, I think the, the Wisconsin game certainly could be interesting. Vanderbilt has a lot of offensive pieces, whether it's Keyshawn Vaughn at running back, Elijah Lipscomb at receiver, Jared Pinckney at tight end. They have some players. I, I don't think it's enough to really challenge Georgia, but I think Vanderbilt, if they have a good enough quarterback play, will be able to put up some points this year. I think you know you look at Houston with De'Eric King and the offense they have there, Dana Holgerson coming in against Oklahoma, I think that could be a game. You know, Jalen Hurts' debut could be a high-scoring one. I think you think that Oklahoma probably wins that game still pretty easily, but I think Houston could put up some points. And then, obviously, the big one with Oregon and Auburn, you know, it's a pressure game for Gus Malzahn. If he loses that game, you know, in Arlington, there's going to be a lot of question marks about his status as the head coach going forward, his biggest backer, the school, I think it was the president of the chancellor. I don't remember what his title was. Is forced out a couple months ago, and he was the one who gave him that big contract. And then on the flip side, if Oregon loses that game, you know that really hurts the Pac-12 chances of having a team in the playoff. So I think there's still you know a lot up in the air in terms of, yeah, it's only week one, but that game matters a lot. Well, I, I think there's two big storylines this weekend, at, le- at least for me. I think number one goes back to Oregon Auburn. I'm excited to see Bo Nix and see what he can do as a true freshman starting quarterback. I mean, that, there's a lot of pressure on that. Hey, you have to go out here and you have to go play Justin Herbert, who's probably going to be the number one overall pick, and you got to play well because it's on national television. It's a game Auburn desperately needs because the SEC is going to be a tough. They need a good win like this. And I think another storyline that's at least interesting, I don't think it's going to be a good game, Lane Kiffin going to take on Ohio State 
on Saturday at 11 a.m. Justin Fields also making his debut in that game. I think it's interesting. Like I said, I, I think Ohio State probably wins this game by 25, 30 points. But, you know, hey, maybe Lane Kiffin's got something up his sleeve. Maybe he can pull some tricks out of a bag. Um, you know, and if I'm a Georgia fan, I absolutely hate playing at Vanderbilt week one. I hate playing an SEC opponent week one. That that terrifies me. Yeah, if Ryan Day's coaching debut also up also, in Columbus mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, I, I think you made a really succinct their point about Georgia because we've seen Alabama go to Vanderbilt, Nashville. Crowd was fired up for that game. There was a lot of Alabama fans. And I'm sure you'll see that t- tomorrow as well in Nashville. Chase and Ben are actually headed to Nashville later this year. So excited for you guys to call Mizzou at Vanderbilt. But yeah, you, you know, that's not a terrible environment to play at. And we've seen Vanderbilt have some huge games early on in the year and play relatively well in them. Last year they went to South Bend and played Notre Dame, played really well. But, you know, going back to Oregon and Auburn, interesting note, Bo Nix is the first true freshman starter and quarterback for Auburn since 2004. So that is a very unprecedented look for Auburn to roll out a true freshman at QB. But this is such a big game for them because I think if Gus Malzahn loses four to five games this year or more, he's gone. I really I think, think, so too. I think I think they'd be willing to float that heavy buyout and move on because clearly they've just – completely lost ground with whatever consistency they've had in the FCC West over the past couple of years. And I, I am going to take Auburn in this game because I think that Auburn's physicality and their size and strength bodes better, sorry, bodes better for them than it does for Oregon. Oregon's a bit of a smaller team all around. What it chase you look like you got something to add. Well, on that. well, the the thing is the only thing with that, and I do agree. I think Auburn is the more physical team. Mm-hmm. Auburn has one of the best defensive fronts yep. this year in college football, and yep. it's not even close. Big it's Cap Auburn. Ryan. It's it's Auburn, and it's everybody else. But then on the flip side, Oregon has one of the best offensive lines they in do. football, and they it's do. not even close on the other side. And I think that's going to be literally. It, it doesn't come down to skill players in this game. It comes down to who wins the trenches. Because if Oregon's offensive line dominates, and CJ Ferdell and Herbert can make reads back mm-hmm. there, it's going to be a long day for that Auburn defense. Yeah, it's certainly an interesting matchup and sort of contrasting styles, the way those two teams play. And then we talk about Alabama, too, the big news this week with their star linebacker, Dylan Moses, now out for the year with a knee injury. You wouldn't think that impacts the game against Duke this much, very much this weekend, but still they're going to have to play a true freshman there. He's one of their leaders on defense. He's arguably their best defensive player. You know, that's certainly something to watch going forward when you talk about games against LSU, Georgia, potentially in the SEC title game, you know, potentially, a, you know, a championship rematch against Clemson. Not having Dylan Moses could end up being a, a big deal going forward. I think he's one of the best defensive players in the country. I was going to say the same thing. At the, at the inside linebacker position, He would if he would have stayed healthy this year and played, he probably would have been the, the first probably linebacker off the mm-hmm. board this year. I mean, he's, he's that good and he's that legit. You know, he... Not to say he isn't, but he kind of reminds me of Ryan Chazier. He's got that speed. He's got that mm-hmm. size. It's a, He's the prototypical NFL linebacker right now. Yeah, no, that's an interesting one. And then I think one other interesting match that we talked about, Mizzou going to Wyoming, number 22, Syracuse, on the road at Liberty. I think that's just kind of a funny matchup. I, Syracuse will probably win Liberty that. had some upsets last year, if I'm not mistaken. It was two years ago. They beat Baylor. Also, Hugh Freeze making his coaching debut Hugh with Freeze. Liberty. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. I, they, I think they, they had a quarterback transfer. I think he just recently got denied his waiver, so... Um, I, I don't think he's available, but it, it'll be interesting to see what Hugh Freeze does there. All right, I, I guess I'll just throw this out there. Are there any games to you that scream, you know, like this could be an upset that people aren't necessarily seeing coming? We've seen a couple smaller ones already. I know Western Kentucky was was battling with Central Arkansas last night. Um, I, I'm not even sure what the final score in that game was. Let me see if I can see it here. Uh, but really, for the most part, things have held pretty 
much the, the same. Yeah, Western Kentucky did lose actually last night to Central Arkansas 35-28, but most of the favorites have won so far. Is there a game or two to you guys that screams, hey, maybe we could see an upset this weekend? I'm rubbing my hands together at this one because this I, bodes I think, extremely well for Missouri next week. I legitimately think that West Virginia can lose at home to James Madison. James Madison is an FCS school, but they are the number two ranked FCS school in the country. There is a complete overhaul going on in Morgantown between last offseason and this one. New head coach, Neil Brown's going to be great there. I really have confidence in him, but it's his first game. So many question marks on that offense. You lose so much with Yadni Kajus gone. You lose Will Greer. You lose David Sills. You lose you lose Jennings as well. Gary Jennings is gone. Gary as well. Jennings is gone. I mean, that's a completely different team. There is no cohesion in that u- unit between last year and this year. I think they honestly lose that game to one of the best FCS programs. Yeah, you know, we saw it last night with with Minnesota and South Dakota State. Minnesota barely won that game. Some of those higher level FCS teams are really good and. You can easily, I, I agree with you guys, I think West Virginia could lose that game. You can lose these games against the higher level. You're almost arguably better off playing a team in a Power 5 conference or another FBS school that's just not very good in their conference than you are scheduling one of the better FCS opponents because those schools win a lot of games in their conferences every year. They play in the playoffs the way the FCF, FCS style does. And, yeah, they're, they are primed for upsets. What about you, Chase? Well, I've got two different ones that I'm looking at. And, and this first one, it's not really an upset, but I, but I think it could be, and that's North Carolina versus South Carolina. South Carolina is 11-point favorite on the road, so technically 14 points. I think North Carolina could surprise people and win this game. They've got a lot of talent. Mac Brown, his head coaching debut as well. Another head coaching debut. I think that's a really second good— Second debut. <laughs> or second debut, I guess. Debut with uh, with North Carolina. And then the other one I think is kind of a sleeper one, but I think it could be an upset. I, I think Toledo could beat Kentucky. Wow. I, I really do. First uh, game without Benny Snell for the Wildcats. First game without Benny Snell— the, you know, the quarterbacks, there's there's still a lot of question marks. Tyler Wilson played. They do have Lynn Bowden Jr. They lost a lot on that defense, though. They lost Josh Allen. They lost Lonnie Johnson. They lost uh, Mike Edwards to safety. They had a lot of talent going on the defense. I think Toledo might have a chance to win that game. What's that sound that you hear in the background? It's not Nichols rubbing together. It's Nichols State. Last year, we all enjoyed it at Kansas' expense when they went up to Lawrence and beat the Jayhawks. They have the chance to go back to the same state and do it again this weekend. Nichols at Kansas State. Kansas State's improved from last year, but, man, that would be honestly hilarious to see them go as an FCS program and win two games against Kansas's D1 schools in the same year. <laughs> yeah, a couple, to me, that stand out. Boise State now at Florida State. Originally, that game was supposed to be in Jacksonville due to the hurricane. They are playing now in Tallahassee. The game Florida got moved State, up, didn't it? Yeah, it was originally supposed to be a night game. Now it's going to be, I think, a noon Eastern 11 central kickoff. And... Boise's always has always has a good team. There's a bit of a question mark. You know, they're starting a true freshman quarterback, but Florida State was a mess last year. We'll see if they're better in year two under Willie Taggart. I think Boise State could win that game. And then the other one for me is Northwestern on the road at Stanford. Hunter Johnson, the quarterback there now, the transfer from Clemson. He was highly regarded out of high school. Stanford doesn't have Bryce Love anymore. Some some changes there. I think Northwestern could win that game on the road at Stanford. I think that'll be a good game tomorrow afternoon on Fox. I think I believe it is. Um, I, I think that'll, Fox, believe right yeah, there, I think man. that'll be a good game um, between those two teams. All right, when we come back, we will hear from Davis Potter. He covers Wyoming football out for the Casper Star Tribune in Laramie. He joined us earlier this morning. Hear what he has to say as he previews the Cowboys ahead of their matchup against Mizzou this weekend. You're listening to the Preferred Walk-Ons here on KCOU.
would like to thank Cafe Berlin for their support. Check out Cafe Berlin's delicious and diverse brunch menu at CafeBerlinComo.com. Looking for a fun night out in Colombia? Check out Cafe Berlin's live music calendar on their website as well. Thank you, Cafe Berlin, for your continued support of KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Missouri Tigers football and men's and women's basketball on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU Sports is brought to you by El Rancho. Located at 1014 East Broadway, El Rancho provides themselves in serving up fresh and authentic Mexican food. To look at their menu and learn more, go to www.columbiamomexicanfood.com. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Whether it be t-shirts for your charity event or jerseys for your intramural team, one-to-one print shop can handle your custom apparel needs. If you need inspiration crafting a design, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram at one-to-one print shop to check out some of their latest work. You can also visit their website at one-to-oneprintshop.com. That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com. Every Saturday, Cut the Nets will be live from noon to one on KCOU 88.1 FM. Out of quarters of possibility. Jabari Parker's even. Oh, you don't don't want Jabari Parker. Tune in to KCOU Sports Saturday to listen to David Kuntz, Zach Berman, and Chuck Ryan talk sports. Fun fact of the day, number two. Robert Kraft actually owns like 99% of the city of Foxborough. Catch Cut the Nets on KCOU 88.1 FM. Do people care about Evan? I mean, why would the Magic want Evan Turner? Every Thursday morning at 8 a.m., KCOU 88.1 FM is the place to be. Make the most of your morning commute by tuning into The Cast, the Colton Anderson Sports Talk with me, Colton Anderson. Together with my partner in crime, David Coons, we break down the weekend sports with original angles and opinions you won't find anywhere else. There's no other place to be on Thursday mornings than the cast. The Colton Anderson Sports Talk with David Coons on KCOU.FM, KCOU on the TuneIn app, and of course, 88.1 FM, KCOU Columbia. into the preferred walk-ons here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones. And we are now going to listen to a conversation we had earlier today with Davis Potter. He's the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune out in Casper and Laramie, Wyoming, and also writes for Polk's Authority, which is part of their coverage out there. And he's an AP College football voter and a Heisman voter. And he was kind enough to join us earlier today to preview the matchup this weekend between Mizzou and Wyoming. And here's what he had to say. We have Davis Potter here with us on the preferred walk-ons. He's the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. And Davis, thank you for joining us. We'll start out with Davis. Last year, obviously, these two teams met in Columbia, a game Missouri won. Now they go and shift to Laramie and... There's been a lot of talk about the elevation and the difference of playing in Laramie. You had a good article recently in your paper about the the 
the elevation in Laramie and what you think may be an advantage versus not an advantage and going through some of the statistics that Wyoming has not necessarily had an advantage against Power 5 opponents. For our listeners who didn't read that, can you just go through that a little bit and how you've seen over the years teams come into Laramie and play with the elevation? Yeah, well, it's not just Power 5 opponents. I mean, they really, it really hasn't been that much of an advantage for them uh, against anybody they played at home. Uh, I mean, since the turn of the century, uh, there are only two games above 500 at home. And, uh, you know, since 2010, they're only been slightly better than that. They're with about a 53 uh, winning percentage here at home. So, um, you know, I, I know that, I mean, that's a huge talking point, particularly anytime you get a team outside of uh, the Wyoming's geographical footprints come out here and play. Uh, I think. You know, Missouri would be dumb not to at least acknowledge it. And I have seen, some, you know, some reports there uh, from some of the local media uh, in Missouri just about um, players uh, drinking beet juice and trying to do some other things to sort of get uh, prepared and acclimated for when they come out here. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I don't – it hasn't been that big of a home field advantage for uh, Wyoming. And then you look at this matchup in particular and you look at Missouri and you say, okay, that's the SEC team that they should be able to have a lot more depth and be able to ro- rotate these guys in and out uh, even more than Wyoming should. So, you know, just considering the fact that you do have uh, a power five team coming out here and particularly the SEC, I just, they've got guys that they can rotate in and out and, and you know, stay relatively healthy through, or uh, still relatively fresh, I should say, throughout the game. So, uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know that that's going to be um, that big of a factor come Saturday. I think both of these teams are are more uh, worried about how they execute and uh, about you know the players on the other side of the ball than uh, the altitude. Yeah, and Davis, this is Chase Phillips, also with the preferred walk-ons. You know, last year whenever Wyoming came to Mizzou. Uh, there was a lot of problems with the Missouri offense against that Wyoming defense in the first quarter, quarter and a half, I would say, before Missouri's offense kind of started getting clicking. Um, do you Could you see that happening this year? Because I know that Wyoming defense, that's kind of what they're known for, is having a pretty good defense to back up that offense. You know, it'll be a little bit different this year because the real reason that Wyoming got so much success uh, defensively the last handful of years was because of that defensive front. I mean, they had guys like Carl Granderson, Johanna Gaffan, two all-Mountain West-type caliber players. Um, And they were really experienced and really deep up there and and really could put a lot of pressure or apply a lot of pressure with their front four where, you know, their their back seven could really sit back and, um, you know, just kind of, you know, fill the gaps in terms of linebackers because the the defensive linemen would would take on so many blockers and free those guys up to make plays. And then anytime the team's pass, they, they can sort of just sit back in a zone and drop more guys into coverage and make it hard that way. This year, it's, it's kind of opposite because they've lost five defensive linemen off their two deep from last year, not nearly as much experience or depth up front. But now that lies in the back end because they've got uh, five five of their back seven are all seniors, and these guys have played a lot of football. They've got one of the best linebacker tandems in the Mountain West and Logan Wilson and Cash Mora. Uh, and they've got two senior corners that have that have been around a really long time. Antonio Hall is a fifth-year guy, so um, you know I, I, they, I don't know if they're going to be a strong up front. I mean that's something that we'll have to sort of find out together once the games start. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what Wyoming's game plan is, not only against Missouri but just throughout the year. Because again, 
if they're not able to get pressure with their front four uh, and they have so much of that experience on the back end, it's going to be interesting to see if they might rely more on, on uh, pressure and foot packages uh, and bring you know bring five or six guys and then play more man covers on the back end. There's been a lot of talk in the preseason and their camp from all these coaches and players about taxing those cornerbacks more and putting more on their plate. And I think that's something – uh, you might see more this season. I think I think early in the Missouri game, they might fill it out and see if they can get some some pressure with just their front four. But, but you know, they don't have anybody back that's, that's really a proven pass rusher. I mean, Garrett Cole, one of the starting defensive ends, he was their leading sack for last year, but he only had four and a half. So the bar wasn't set very high. And, and if they can't get pressure with that front four and, and stop the run, that way they may have to do different run blitzes, you know, just mix up all their looks and, and, and you know, use more pressure packages than they had to do in the past. Hey, Davis, this is Garrett Jones on the boards here. Thank you so much for making time for us. I know you've been on with a lot of other Mizzou media outlets, so we appreciate you making time for student radio. You know, for Missouri fans, a lot of them are going to be unfamiliar with what Wyoming is, even if they watched the game last year. So if you could boil down one thing that Tiger fans need to know about the Cowboys coming into this game, what, what would that be? Well, I think it's, I think it's uh, going to be the offense uh, and just how much more different it looks because Sean Chambers is the quarterback now, and he did not play against Missouri last year. Tyler Vanderwall uh, was the first guy that sort of got the shot um, to replace Josh Allen, and that did not go very well. I mean, Wyoming finished tied with Air Force for the fewest passing yards in Mount West last year, which is something, unless you're an option team, that's just it's kind of embarrassing, frankly. So um, this is a guy that... Uh, was their third-string quarterback uh, this time last year, Sean Chambers was, and, and spent most of the season on the scout team, and they really had no plans to play him, but uh, they were sitting there at 2-6, and six and they just were not producing anything in the passing game, um, and they needed to, at that point, they needed to win out just to get back to bowl eligibility. So, um, you know, they, they sort of put him in there out of desperation, and they did win their final four games and get bowl eligibility. Now, they, they didn't get a bowl game because they're they were the last Mountain West bowl eligible team um, for a conference that only has five contracted bowls, so they were left out. But uh, Sean was really a revelation for them, uh, particularly with the with his legs. Uh, you know, started his career with three straight 100 yard rushing games, and really brings that element to the offense. But um, you know, the focus in the offseason has been to develop him as a passer and uh, to uh, you know balance out this offense more and exactly what that's going to look like, nobody really knows. I mean, he only threw 25 passes last year. So, you know, it's a very small sample size. Now, he did show capable. Uh, he completed 60% of those and actually threw more touchdown passes uh, than he had rushing touchdowns. But um, exactly what that's going to look like over the full course of the season, uh, I don't know. And it's going to be interesting, in particular, against Missouri, because I don't – you know, this, this is a, a throwback offense for, with Craig Ball. I mean, he, he is – He's, he's a Tom Osborne disciple. He was an assistant at Nebraska under him. was their defensive coordinator for a while, and uh, that's kind of his mentor. And that they they play with that same rugged, physical style, you know, where they want to run the football first and, and go with play action off of that. But I don't envision Wyoming being able to blow Missouri's defensive line off the ball consistently. So I wonder if this might be a game and even a season where they use the pass more to set up their run. But uh, I think that would be the biggest thing. I mean, They've also still, as much talent as they lost defensively in terms of impact players, they've still got six starters back on that side of the ball. So they still should pretty, be pretty good. I mean, this is a defense that 
finished in the top 30 nationally in yards and points allowed the last two seasons. So, um, you know, the big question, obviously, as, we, as I talked about, is, is going to be that, that defensive front and, and what that looks like in terms of the pressure they can generate. But uh, they may have to go about it a different way this season. But I, I would say the offense is, is something that, that people need to sort of keep an eye on, um, you know, just because nobody really knows exactly what it's going to look like going into the season. And Davis, last one for you. In obviously, a lot of question marks still with Wyoming and, and Chambers' relative inexperience and in what the offense looks like, as you just mentioned. But if you had to put a ceiling on, or on what this season could be for Wyoming, how far do you think they can go if Chambers does improve and the offense is better than expected, maybe a little bit, and, and the defense, some of those newcomers, end up being, be, you know, producing? How far do you think this Wyoming team can go in the Mountain West? Yeah, I think you sort of hit on it there. I mean, I think it's a, it's one of those things where everything has to fall right. You know, the defense has to maintain its level of, of production. Sean Chambers has to bring a lot more balance to this offense and be a, a uh, very, uh, more than confident passer. Uh, they need to stay healthy, obviously, particularly along the, uh, the offensive line and defensive lines because they, they just don't have a ton of depth or proven depth right now on the line of scrimmage. But if that all happens... Um, I think the ceiling for this team is 8-9 wins. Uh, and I think they could still be in contention for a Mountain Division championship, uh, you know, when November rolls around. Um, you know, they were picked to finish uh, fourth in the Mountain Division in the uh, Mountain West preseason poll. I actually picked them to finish third. Uh, I think that's fair. I mean, going into the season, I think uh, there, there's a clear tier uh, in, in that Mountain West Mountain Division with uh, Boise State and Utah State being uh, uh, sort of ahead of everybody else. And then I think Air Force and Wyoming are sort of in that middle tier. And, you know, that, you know, that leaves you, uh, you know, like I said, if, if everything does go right and you catch some breaks along the way, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they could, they could sort of be in the mix still uh, late in the season because they're, believe it or not, they're even, when they get past Missouri, their schedule the first seven or eight games before they get to November is very manageable. I mean, they're, they're, after Missouri, they're probably the next six games are against teams that had losing records last year. Um, and I would say in that stretch, part of their toughest game is going to be at, at, at uh, San Diego State in the second week of October. And um, they, they'll have to play well to go there and uh, get that win. But that's not, that's not a game that I look at and say they can't win that game. I mean, it, it's winnable if they go there and, and take care of the ball and, and play a clean game. Uh, so I would not be shocked if they're if they're five and two, possibly if everything goes right, you know, and they catch some break six and one after their uh, first seven games. I do think those six games, all of them, once they get past Missouri, I think they're all winnable games. And then uh, if, if that happens and you're, and you're sitting there at five and two, six and one, then you're possibly uh, setting up uh, something special. But uh, if on the other end of the spectrum, I think they could. I think this could be a, a five-win team if, if if this offense isn't better through the air. If they rack up a bunch of injuries, uh, you know, you, you never know in football. I mean, it's just sort of a crapshoot as to you know guys are going to get injured. You just don't know when and who it's going to be. So uh, or how severe it's going to be too. So um, yeah, I mean, I think this. I think this program is in a position to sort of take another step this season. Well, Davis, we really appreciate you joining us and taking the time. Thanks so much for joining the show. Yeah, man. Thank you.
Hey, 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 my party peeps. This is DJ Mortz telling you about a sick new show this semester. Tune in every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. for The Muppet Show, featuring no real Muppets or even knockoff Muppets. The only thing getting knocked off will be your socks by me, your Muppet wannabe host. Green smoke. Hey, you. You like sports? If you answered yes, make sure to tune in each and every Friday to listen to Mid-Missouri's premier sports talk show, The Hot Corner. From 8 to 9 a.m., tune in on KCOU 88.1 FM or kcou.fm. I'm Jay Ashcroft, Missouri's Secretary of State. Our securities division works hard to protect Missouri investors. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Call us to learn if your investment advisor is properly registered. Give us a call today at 800-721-7996 and check with us before you write the check. Sponsored by Missouri Secretary of State Securities Division Investor Education and Protection Fund. Indoor baseball, anyone? Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back into the preferred walk-ons here on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCOU.FM, the Blue Box, Ben Krakow, Garrett Jones, and Chase Phillips. Just a reminder, if you missed any part of our show, including that last interview with Davis Potter, you can hear all of it through our podcasts, which are posted on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts that you can find, as well as linked through our Twitter page, at KCOU Walk-Ons. And just once again, one more reminder, as the seasons get going, we'll have plenty of Mizzou football, soccer, and volleyball games live here on KCOU, and every, including every football game starting tomorrow night in Laramie at Wyoming. That game is at 6.30 Central Time here on KCOU. You can also listen to the stream online at kcou.fm, the blue box. It'll be Grayson Rainey and Joey Miller on the call. Case Rosenberg will be tweeting from the KCOU account if you can follow that, and then I will be in here with the studio crew as well for the pregame and postgame shows, so make sure to stay tuned for all that presented by El Rancho tomorrow night and, of course, every Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. All right, we're going to go to a game before we wrap up our show. In honor of the college football season kicking off, we are going to go with the name that fight song we played once last year. I'm pretty sure Chase and I did not play very well, Mm -hmm. but Garrett has set it up once again for us to try to name some of the classic school, or maybe not even so classic, we'll see, school fight songs across the land of college football. Garrett, I'll give it away to you. Yeah, gentlemen, so what we have here is an allotment of six select fight songs uh, from Division One programs, FBS programs you will recognize, at least at the school after I tell it to you, uh, and then we have one tiebreaker. So if we need anything further after that, we will play it by ear, um, quite literally, but same rules as last year. Going to give each of you a song, and you're going to have to guess which it is. I'll play about 30 seconds of the song at the max in accordance with FCC rules, and then we will move on to the next opponent. You can steal if you know the answer, and the other one gets it wrong. Make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. So let's see here. We are going to lead off with Ben. Are you ready? Yeah, let's get okay. it. 
And you can tell me to stop at any time. Okay, you can stop. Okay, this is one of those that kills me because I know I've heard it, but then I'm trying to struggle on the name. Is it Auburn? No, not a bad guess, though. Chase, can you steal? Oh, I can steal. It's <laughs> Oklahoma State. You are correct. I was wondering about Oklahoma State. A little but- shout out to our roommate, Drew Phillips, who's an Oklahoma State fan. So so that would, uh, that would please him there. All right, Chase, you're the next one up. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. That's, this is one like with you, Ben. I, I've heard it so many times, but I cannot think of who it is. Do you have a guess? Uh, South Carolina. I know it's not right, but I'll just throw it out there. Not a terrible guess, yeah, but I was, no. I was thinking about that. Ben, I'll, do you I'll have guess a guess? Georgia? Not a bad guess either. That is Arkansas. Yeah, I've heard it so many times. Okay, I just yeah, can't they, it sounded like we I think we knew it was an SEC school, but yeah, we couldn't remember I, which one it was. Yeah. I threw that in there for another personal reason. My younger sister started classes there on her freshman year this week, so I'm really proud of her. Miranda, if you're listening, shout out to you, and I hope you had a great first week. But yeah, that is the Arkansas fight song. So right now, after one round, Chase is up one to nothing after ceilings Ben Ben's first option. So moving on. Third one. Ben, this is all you. Got a guess, Ben? Yeah, it's another one. I I know. I, again, I've heard it. Is it LSU? It is not. Is that your official guess? Yeah, that was my guess. All right, Chase. I don't even have a guess. I know I've heard it a million times, but I can't even. That last part. Are I, you I kidding? Know. That's UNC. That's wow. North Carolina. Wow. Okay, okay. Oh wow. man, I well, threw you gotta, that. I, see, so you got to you got to think about it, though. They normally play those at true. football games. That's true. I don't watch as many. Fair, North Carolina fair enough. I thought, oh games. man, I was trying to be an instrument of chaos. Heard, I know I've heard it. Yeah, well, I was thinking of the lyrics too. I just couldn't. Okay. Yeah, because I've heard it at basketball games. So I, I knew I'd yeah. heard that song much, but I wasn't thinking okay, that's, basketball. That is that's I was completely football, fair. So I was trying to think. All right, what school have I seen a bunch of games? So that's why I was. I was thinking it had to probably be an SEC school, right. but it wasn't. That's fair enough. Uh, yeah, I was I was trying to just make things chaotic by uh, having Chase no, have to was... agonize over there knowing it, but I guess I was wrong. All right, Chase, wow. fourth one coming right your way. You USC? Yep. Yeah, that, one that, mo- that was definitely the easiest one we've had yeah. so far. One of the most iconic fight songs. Yeah. I just had to throw it in there. All right, great so fight song. Yeah, it, so it I, I got to get both. Song. I got to get both of these. I really like Arkansas too. Um, fifth one. 
third round. Ben, coming right your way. Actually, yeah, I didn't set this up correctly, but it's coming your way anyway. Okay. All right, you can stop it. I, I don't know. I, I'm going to guess Nebraska. No, you already guessed it earlier in the show. It was LSU. Oh, it was The Tiger LSU. Rag. Okay. Yeah, oh. you probably recognize this yeah, part. Yeah, if I'd heard that part with the Tiger Rag. Oh, have I'm stopped. sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, it's my fault. I said I saw it. If I heard the Tiger Rag. I didn't even get a chance to steal it. Oh, you didn't. You're right. I knew that oh. one. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you're leading to to, to be fair, anyway. though, Clemson uses the Tiger they Rag, do. So too. does Missouri. Yeah, not not this not version, but yeah. That's not Missouri's fight song, yeah, though. Yeah. So I don't know. Does Clemson and LSU essentially have the same fight song with mm-hmm. the Tiger Rag? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Anyway. Well, Chase has already won, but you can do his last okay. one. Okay. Uh, Chase, actually, yeah, I have the tiebreaker. Just, and I'll, let you, I'll let you both take a stab at that one. But, Chase, here is one just for some chaos. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, that is Duke's You guessed it. I Chase with a very impressive performance on Name That Fight song this year. I threw that in there. I was going to try to give that one to Chase and UNC to Ben to try to make it at least a little tap into y'all's, yeah. y'all's favoritism well, I knew towards that, I knew UNC that one and Duke. Was Duke. I knew yeah. that one was Duke. Yeah, I was, I was, so I was going to try to give y'all both Whatever. the opportunity to steal All right, there. what's our tiebreaker? Here's the last one. We'll just both go and whoever says it first. Whatever. Okay. If we don't have a guess, then. Any guesses? Virginia Tech? Nope. Notre Dame? Nope. Oh, come that's on. Not Notre Dame. Dame. No. I was <laughs> just throwing a guess out there. I don't know. That is Wyoming. So Missouri fans hoping they feel. I definitely fear, want to get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hoping Missouri fans hear none of that tomorrow for their Tigers' well, thank sake. thank you. Thank you, Garrett. Uh, pretty disappointing performance, but I guess. Chase, I, three to nothing. Clean yeah, sweep. We, we might need to do these at the end of the season again yep. once we have Absolutely. heard it. It's been a little while since we've heard a lot of these songs. Fair but, enough. Fair but enough. But, yeah, when you watch all the games on Saturday, it kind of gets confusing about, you know, what game you're listening to, whatever. Um, but, no, that it's always a lot of fun as to kick off the college football the season. Notre Dame fight song. Why did I guess Notre Dame? I know that fight song. Yeah, that's what we were saying. <laughs> uh, Notre Dame is one of the few we actually know. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway. Well. Uh, We'll move on from that, and we'll finish it off with Get It Off Your Chest, as we do every week, the things that are bothering us in sports. And uh, I guess I'll just kick off with mine. Mine isn't a huge one, but to me, like, all these videos that keep getting posted on social media of, like, NBA players playing, like, pickup games in gyms, I think it's completely cool. I think it's fun. I think I like to see it. But to have that say anything about, oh, you know, they're shooting really well or they're playing really well, they're not playing against NBA players. They're just playing against a bunch of random people in a gym. Like, I don't, I don't think that has anything to do with how they're preparing for the season or how they look. I mean, sure, they look healthy, but other than that, I think there's a bit of an overreaction to some of these guys playing in 
pickup gems. Like, oh, Carmelo must be back because he went off for 40 at whatever. <laughs> Trey Young had 50 points in whatever amateur game he was playing. Well, hey, sh- Montrezl Harrell had 53 and 21 rebounds in a Drew League game. Well, he day. should. He yeah. should. He's an NBA player against play, playing against a bunch of random people that probably aren't bad at basketball, but they're not NBA players. Anyway, moving on. Garrett, what is yours for the week? Yeah, mine's kind of general. I don't have a problem with him personally because I think that he's actually a really good person. I, I'm sorry, I just don't like the decision of ESPN last night to put Pat McAfee on color commentary. I think he's got his own style, which is great for podcasts, which is great for like online content, but it kind of made a joke out of color commentary as a profession last night. And he got a game late last year in the NFL uh, regular season. For those who don't know, Pat McAfee, former Colts punter, used to have his own show on Barstool Sports. He eventually started his own podcast. He's a lot of fun. He's really funny. And once again, he seems like a great person. But I think there's a way to do color commentary, especially in a professional network like ESPN, especially when it's a season opening game, big game between UCLA and Cincinnati. I just don't really know if that was the right time to make that move. It was interesting. He sort of sent out a long series of tweets through the notes app today about his performance last night and what some people thought was good and not good. And he's he's an interesting character to say the least. All right, Chase, you're up next. First off, I didn't even realize till this morning that that wasn't Steve Levy calling the game last night. <laughs> Are you talking about the BYU game? Yeah, that I'm was BYU. East, that was an East Roth. An East yeah. Roth, yes. An East Roth sounds a lot like Steve. They do. Levy. No, no, he he sounds like, like Steve. Well, people like, were talking literally. about that with the Cincinnati game too. That Matt Hasselback and and Pat McAfee, who were calling uh-huh. the game together as analysts, their former teammates and good friends, they sound really similar. And it's okay. always kind of weird when you get that announcer thing where, yeah, you're right, they do sound similar. It did sound like Steve Levy, but it wasn't. But my get off the chest is players and like requesting trades. Like right now, Jadavian Clowney is requesting a trade. And so like the Texans are trying to like find the best situation. And they're trying to find the best situation for themselves too. Like they, they don't want to get hosed on a deal. Mm-hmm. And the Dolphins seem like a, a reasonable factor. And then literally during our show, Jadavian Clowney says, I don't want to go there. Well, don't, then, then don't request a trade. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like they're trying to trade you, they're trying yeah. to get you out of there if you don't want to be there. Like, you can't just say, oh, I don't want to go there, too. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. That just really frustrates me. If you request a trade, just be happy you got your trade request granted or whatever. Right. Well, that'll just about do it for the preferred walk-ons today. Enjoy the college football this weekend. Make sure to tune into KCOU Sports Saturday tomorrow, specifically Missouri and Wyoming, 630 Central, 530 pregame presented by El Rancho as we kick off the Missouri football season live from Laramie with Mizzou and Wyoming. We will be back next Friday as we prepare for Mizzou and West Virginia, the home opener coming next weekend for Missouri as we'll have a full football season to go. And just quickly before we go, guys, there will be an NFL game before we have our next broadcast. Do you like the Bears or the Packers next Thursday night to kick off the NFL season? I'm going to bear down with the Chicago Bears. Is that in Green Bay? Nope, it's in Chicago. Okay, I'm going to take Chicago for that reason. I do think the Bears are going to take a step back this season because they're playing a first-place schedule. I think that's still a young team, and I think that Green Bay still has a shot in the division. Yeah, I think it could be one of the most competitive divisions in all of football, but I do like the Bears at home to kick off the NFL season. I believe it's the 100th anniversary. Is that right, mm-hmm. that they're celebrating this that year with right. the Bears and Packers? And then we'll have a full NFL preview come next week before the first full Sunday of NFL games. One last thing, just before we sign off, I want to say thank you to our broadcast crew for making a trip on their own dime all the way to Wyoming for the broadcast of our game. Please tune in if you have a free second. Once again, the game is on CBS Sports Network on the TV. 
throw it on mute, turn them on, listen, uh, tune in, please. They uh, they put in a lot of work this week to go to that game. So Ben will be here an hour beforehand for the pregame show. It'll go on 30 minutes before kickoff. So make sure you stick around for our whole broadcast tomorrow night. We certainly appreciate your support of Student Radio. And that will do it. We will see you next week. This has been the Preferred